When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. And on Mondays, it's EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. How are you, sir? I am good. I am good, Don. Uh, no. yes, I guess yesterday was was uh, Patrick Kane, Chris Chelios day. It, yeah, I, I wanted crazy, to jump off. Crazy day. You know, it was hockey day in America and sure th- sure <laughs> it's, it's it, you know i mean people need people that are diehard hockey fans need to be reminded of that but you know what it it was a good day because there was a couple of really interesting games that got a lot of exposure and that red wing uh, blackhawks game is just so interesting on so many different levels because you know you, you, you for people of a certain age remember eddie jockman returning with the red wings to madison square garden and how yeah. The full garden was rooting against the Rangers. I mean, you got the same sense. Listen, the Blackhawks aren't going anywhere, right? It's Chris Chelios night. They're kind of yeah. honoring the past. And I don't think anybody at the United Center had a problem with Patrick Kane winning the game in overtime. I agree. I, I agree. And I do remember Eddie Jockman coming back <laughs> to, the, to the garden. That was so crazy, you know, for fans, you know, who are way too young and or even older, but not old enough to remember that. Um, he got put on waivers. And the Red Wings picked them up, and they were the next game. It was a Sunday night game at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, you know, Eddie Jockman was a fixture uh, as the New York Ranger goaltender. And, uh, yeah, that was a – I can remember listening to that on the radio and the fans, you know, chanting his name throughout the game. So the Red Wings ended up winning that game, and Red Wings were involved again yesterday. And Patrick Kane and Orman, you couldn't have written the script any better, right? Chris Chelios even asked in his speech being – Having his number retired, he he honored Patrick Kane, talked how great he was, and then said, just don't steal my thunder today. And in the end, Patrick Kane stole his thunder by scoring an overtime on a breakaway. It was, I guess, a fitting end to the game. Maybe it's just my me being younger. I always remember Chris Chelios as a Red Wing more than I remember him as a Blackhawk. Um, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, sure. But, I mean, look, I mean, of course, he, he deserves... remember him as a Montreal Canadian. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, I do. Uh, but you know, the, obviously, I don't think anybody remembers him as an Atlanta Thrasher, though. Really. No, I, hey, listen, <laughs> no. Uh, real quick. I, I it was it's really I did call a Ranger Thrasher game with Chelios in it, and that that was a highlight for me to call a Chelios game. So there you go. <laughs> but look, I mean, we we saw Patrick Kane last year here in New York. EJ obviously up close and personal, and obviously the hip was not a hundred percent, and we did not see the Showtime Kane that. Uh, that the Detroit Red Wings are getting, but this looks like a guy in Patrick Kane who I wouldn't say is necessarily turning the clock back, but somebody that's certainly going to be able to give this Detroit team some veteran presence and scoring ability to keep them in the wild card race here in the East. Do you where where do you see Detroit finishing this year, and do you see them possibly making some noise in the first round against whoever it is they face? Well, it seems like they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they've, yeah. they've opened up a gap here. You know, with uh, on the other teams. So, I mean, there's what twenty some odd games. They have twenty four games. Maybe the Red Wings have left. So, um, 
I think they're going to make the playoffs. Once you get in the playoffs, I think anything is possible. I mean, we saw that last year with Florida. I don't think the Red Wings are Florida by any stretch. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they would end up playing them in the first round. I, I, I think that they would be a team that would, you know, they'll compete. I think it would be a great experience for, for some of the younger guys, you know, like, like Cider, for example, and Raymond and some of those guys who haven't been there before. Um, but I, I just don't see them you know, advancing past the first round just because of the the, the, the team they are. But, um, hey, this who knows? They're playing well. They've won five in a row. They've got some momentum. Kane has uh, been playing well. Uh, I think the Red Wings, it's quite simple. I mean, if they get any kind of goaltending, they got a chance in games. I mean, that's talking to Alex Tange, who was my former colleague at the NHL Network and uh, the assistant coach there now. You know, we, the times that I have talked to him about the Red Wings, he says, hey, when our goalies are good, we're good. I guess that's right. like everybody else in the league. And, uh, you know, I, I do think they're looking at it right now. They're in a great position, you know, with 70 points. They're eight play, points ahead of the Devils for that final wild card spot. Um, that's a lot of points for someone to, uh, you know, to, to catch them. They're going to have to go into a really yep. deep dive. So I think they're going to make it. And then after that, I don't, I don't imagine they're going to go very far, but you never know. And when you look at, you know, Tampa's still Tampa, even though they're not the Tampa that, you know, won cups, they're still a very, very good team. Kucherov's having just an unbelievable season. Is that maybe the Devils, Capitals, Penguins, Islanders' best chance to get to the playoffs is to catch Philadelphia for third. Philadelphia's lost a couple of games in a row here. Um, wild game yesterday on TNT. 7-6, Pittsburgh wins. Crosby's got four points in the game. He's got... He's got 32 goals, EJ. It just blows my mind. And I, I yeah. just looked it up. He's got a chance to do something he's never done in his career, and that's score more goals than assists. He's never done that. He's got 32 goals, 28 assists. I, I guess I'm not surprised that he's got 60 points. I'm just kind of blown away he's got 32 goals. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does finish with more goals than assists because this Penguins team, I mean, he is, he is literally carrying this team, right? I mean, it's... Uh, it's a team that's pretty top heavy, and it's and it's a thin top <laughs> you know, right. with, yeah. with with Crosby doing most of the work. So uh, you know he's had a great season. There's no question about it. Um, you know that was there was kind of a must. You know every game for the Penguins, for the Islanders, or you know for the Capitals, the Devils. I mean, there's such significance as we come down the stretch here, and you know that was a big win. I don't know if they can get there this year, but certainly that that helped their cause and. To, to beat a flyer team that they're trying to track down. You're right. For those teams, it might be the best path is to try to catch Philly for that third spot. Um, you know, it's like the Islanders. I mean, they tough another tough uh, couple of games for them. And give Tampa credit. They came in. They had been struggling, and they beat. They went in and beat the Islanders and beat the Devils on back-to-back days. And, uh, you know, just when you think the the, the, uh, the Lightning are going to kind of fall out of things, they uh, – they rebound and, and put a couple of wins together. So, you know, it's it's it, for the teams like the Islanders, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Devils. I mean, the, the clock is ticking, and they're going to have to start putting some wins together if they're going to if they have any chance at all. Something to keep an eye on as well. Jamie Drysdale left that game yesterday with what looked like a shoulder injury, but of course we have to call it upper body because this is the NHL and we don't know what injuries are. Um, but that's obviously something that can not only impact uh, them going forward, but the way that they kind of 
uh, impact themselves during the trade deadline or how they view the trade deadline. I know that they say right away, uh, onset right now, they're not. It's not going to, but it's certainly something I think worth keeping an eye on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Columbus yesterday, EJ, it looked like the Rangers thought if we roll the helmets out, we might have a chance of beating the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, and that did not happen. Um, one thing that I saw you talk about on Twitter, which was the uh, the talk of the town, quite frankly. I mean, look, BR Ice does it, Spit and Chicklets does it. Any of these uh, NHL aggregate channels have loved seeing Matt Rempe drop the gloves with pretty much anybody that he comes in contact with. Um, and as a Ranger fan, that uh, clearly felt, and, and many fans felt, that they, they've been missing that from their team for a while. Um, it's nice to see every once in a while, but is it becoming too much that every time Matt Rempe uh, goes to the center of the ice in warm-up, somebody comes up to him and it looks like he's going to be challenged for a fight? And does he have to accept every single one? Well, I think he doesn't. And, uh, you know, he's new in the league. He's a big man. He's made a kind of a a big present, so to speak, uh, in these first couple of games, right? A high-profile outdoor game, stadium series game, where he had the big fight there. Uh, he played, I thought he played well in the game. He had the play game against the Devils where he delivered, you know, that big hit where uh, the Nathan Bastion ended up getting tossed from the game. Uh, he's been challenged to fight in, you know, these, these handful of games that, uh, you know, uh, Delorier and then yesterday Olivier. So uh, I, I just think you know, looking out for this guy's best interests, you know, you got to manage that. I mean, this isn't the old West where every town you go into, you know, he's going to slug it out because he's a big man and he's been a, you know, he's going to handle himself relatively well. But I mean, at the end of the day, you just don't want to have a guy fight. I mean, he's a young guy in the league fighting game after game after game. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a formula for success. I'd like to see this guy just be playing, and I think he's he's really can be an effective player because of his size, and he skates well enough to get in there and and cause havoc in the offensive zone. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see that managed a little bit more. I mean, it's difficult when, you know, you're the new guy on the block and everybody wants to challenge him, but I do think, you know, the Rangers and – and the player, I mean, this has to get managed a little bit better just because, just for his own health. I mean, we've seen, yeah. you know, I've worked with guys who who went through, you know, like Stu Grimson, I've worked with him. I mean, I've worked with other guys who, uh, you know, were fighters in a different era where that was something that happened more often. And even even those guys, I don't think they fought every game. I mean, so, you know, it's just I just worry about the safety of the player, that's all. Even oh, if, yeah. You know, uh, I want to see him be able to play and have a long career. And, like, there's going to be times when that's going to be necessary for him. But there's, you know, there are a lot of times when you just want to see him, you know, I think for his own benefit, just be just be a good, hard hockey player, get it on the floor check and create trouble. Yeah, and, and I like the angle you're coming from because you can also take it. And I, I called the game with Dave Maloney last night, and Dave said the exact same thing you did. You don't always have to answer the bell. But he kind of took the tact of, it obviously didn't work. He lost the fight. The Rangers got off to a slow start, and you know that might have had something to do with it. Because listen, what is you know Columbus has no 
they're looking to find something, you know, and and he could have just turned away and said, listen, we've got bigger fish to fry here. We're going to we're going to face each other on Wednesday. All right. Well, if you want to fight Wednesday, I just fought yesterday. Uh, you know, so it would have been OK for him to just say, no, it doesn't benefit me. All right. I got into a huge brawl yesterday uh, and I don't want to have to do it back to back days. And, and it's it's a win for you guys because you're looking for a reason to kind of get get things going here. And I think he could have probably just said, no, I'm good. We're playing again on Wednesday with a couple of days off between. uh, We'll do it then. But I guess you're a kid. You want to answer the bell every time. And they had great footage on MSG of them talking in warm-up. And that's the way it went down with Delorier and Martin before, is it's all prearranged early. And there's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, listen, I'm good. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, I I think he's just going to have to manage it. But... Listen, they play again Wednesday. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But I just uh, again, I worry. You know, worry. I worry about all the the health of all the players in the league. You want to see everybody and you know, it's a physical game. It's a hard enough game. Um, you know, there are going to be fights. Um, you know, I just don't think the kid has to fight every single night. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, you mentioned the hit on Bastion on Thursday. Uh, what did you think of it? Did you think it was deserving of a five minute major? Well, I think uh, I think it was the referees, and we've talked about this before, I think they like to keep a handle on the game as best they can, and he got hit in the head. I mean, there's no other way around that. I mean, he hit him in the head. Now, the guy is really big, and I thought he approached, he tucked his shoulder, he kind of bent his knees. Basher was in a tough spot. He was kind of turning. He was already low, lower, and... You know, he put himself in a position where he was he was vulnerable, and and he got run over basically in that spot. So, I don't think necessarily, you know, Rempe went out of his way. Rempe went out of his way to hit him, you know, up high or clip him or 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 anything like that. I just think that's that was the result of that particular play, and I think the officials probably said that's a pretty violent hit. There, the guy did get hit in the head. They looked at it. Okay we're going to defuse this right now. I mean, it's a hit to the head. So he's out. So I didn't have a big problem with that. And I also didn't have a big problem with it. There was no supplemental discipline. People were calling for suspension for it. Again, as I watched the play, to me, yes, he hit the player in the head, but he's seven. He, he's six, seven, yeah. six, eight. And he came in there and like, he did the appropriate things. Bastion was just in a vulnerable spot. And so we had the result that we had, and I'm hoping that Bastion is all right. He got hit later in the game by Truba, and then he subsequently has been, you know, on IR. So hopefully he's going to be okay. But for me, I thought the way it was called in-game and then then afterwards by player safety, I, I, I didn't see a problem with that. But, boy, it was, it was a nasty hit. And I would just say for players in the league, I mean, you you got to know who's on the ice. And what's going to happen? The game is going so fast, and it was just unfortunate for Bastion. He was trying to make a play along the boards, and you know he was he was in a vulnerable spot, and and Rempedia delivered the blow. So hopefully he's going to be okay. Nikita Kucherov's impressive season continues, and the disappointing season for the Devils, who we were just talking about, also continues. Uh, a four-one loss at home for New Jersey. The Fire Lindy chants have started up again. Um, Ruff has blamed the media for his power play struggles, uh, then took full responsibility for why the team is struggling at the present moment. Going out on a West Coast trip, EJ, where you would think that any team that is playing at least consistent should be able to win two games with playing Anaheim and San Jose, but I'm not so sure what is going on with this Devil team and is a coaching change at this point of the season even going to turn their fortune in any way if they chose to do that? 
Well, I mean, I, I couldn't say that it wouldn't have a chance at turning their fortune. I mean, because we've seen that happen in other places, right? A bunch of times this year, yeah. Coaching change. Yeah, and teams have played better. I mean, you know, Minnesota's a good example of that. I mean, Edmonton, it's, it's kind of a, a high-end roster, and, you know, they were a team that, that people thought would be way better, and, you know, through different circumstances, after they made the coaching change, they got better, a lot better. Um, but, so, you know, you can't say it's not an option, because they are running out of options, right? If, if they're going to make the playoffs this year, and it might be, it's getting pretty late right now, Um you know, maybe it is something they do. Now, I don't know. When I look at the roster, I mean, I could. we've gone through this, guys, right? I mean, their goaltending is weak, so they don't have a lot of depth at that position. They missed Dougie Hamilton on defense. They've changed the dynamic of their defense this year. they got two basically 20-year-old kids back there that are learning, right? They're going to make mistakes. That's just going to happen. And so, to me, their defense is, is struggling because of that. Um, they've had... For stretches, they had used and he's sure out. Those guys are back. But, again, at the end of the day, when you're chasing games, it almost reminds me of the Devils of two years ago because, you know, they could do something good in the game and then it would get undermined by a bad defensive player, bad goaltending. So, um, this is maybe it's a good time for them to get away. And you're right. Uh, you know, you would think you can get wins in Anaheim and San Jose, but they're going to have to play very well in those places because we've seen those teams fight teams throughout the season here in different spots. So I, I just think it's pretty straightforward when I look at their roster, what their problems are. And, uh, you know, they they haven't been able to uh, or have failed to, to find another goaltender. Um, not, again, we're not – I'm not privy to what the exact deals are. We heard about the Markstrom talk at the end of the day. They, the bottom line is they haven't done anything to fix it. So as long as they have the continued problems in goal and as long as they have – a young, inexperienced defense, and as long as they have a team that's that's ba- is, is relatively smaller in a league where it's starting to get bigger again. I mean, you saw yeah. them against the Rangers, I mean, in that game. Yeah, they had a lot of shots in the game, but they had a lot of power play time. They couldn't score. Um, you know, I, I think no matter who steps in behind the bench right now, it's going to be a challenge. And I think if they don't make this, the uh, playoffs, or even if they do, I mean, they've got to – they got to hope Dougie Hamilton comes back healthy because people have a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts about Dougie Hamilton, but he's a minute eater. He's a veteran player. He can play in a lot of situations. The year of experience certainly should help, you know, Nemish and Luke Hughes. But you know they've got to fix the goaltending situation moving forward. So no matter what they do in terms of maybe trying to make a push at the end of this year, the problems are the problems, and they have to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, you have two 20-year-olds playing 20-plus minutes. That's going to be a problem when you don't have great goaltending to begin with, and they just got Marino yeah. back. You just got Siegenthaler back. He missed like 16 games with the foot. So it's a bad combination when you've got inexperience and issues defensively, and your goaltending's not great. And you're not getting anything yeah. from Timo Meyer, even though I wouldn't say that their offense is necessarily a problem, although this power play has certainly been, was it like five for the last 66 or something crazy like that? And it certainly cost them the game on Thursday against the Rangers. And, yeah, you can make a coaching change if you want, but I, I just think the issues clearly are with this roster and, and just having, you know, the, trying to keep guys healthy and also trying to gain experience. And maybe this is something yeah. that long-term-wise can be a good thing this type of a season. Sometimes you got to take a step back to take a few steps forward. I thought everybody was a little – high on what they accomplished last year. 
Um, that might prove to be the aberration, but it doesn't mean they're not still moving in the right direction overall. Yeah, and you mentioned Timo Meyer. I mean, that's going to be a situation that I guess we'll have to monitor. I mean, I've seen guys sign big contracts and come in in their first season and, uh, and, and have a struggle, you know, and that's what he's having uh, for sure. Uh, they've got to hope that he gets it turned around, uh, you know, down the stretch or certainly moving forward next year that this is this was not the team Meyer they're going to see moving forward for the next several years. Because if it is, that's going to be another problem because that's a pretty big ticket that he's signed to for a long time, and that will be something they'll have to deal with. So, um, it, you know, the Devils last year, everything went right. And uh, it was they were on a little bit of a magic carpet ride. They had a great season. Guys were relatively healthy. Uh, guys overperformed this year, not surprisingly, as we've seen in sports and in all the different sports. Nothing ever goes wonderfully every single season. And this year they've had a number of injuries and a number of other problems that have kind of undermined their chance to be successful. So we'll see how it plays out over these last 20-plus games. Any concern for Boston, EJ? I know it's kind of crazy to say any concern for a team that has 81 points and is leading the Atlantic division, but it seems like they always find themselves in overtime. They are only behind the Islanders in terms of OT with four, 13 OT losses as opposed to the Islanders' 14 OT losses. And they're 3-3-4 three, three, and four in their last 10. They've had a hard time holding on to leads in the third. Just a blip on the radar or something that uh, should be concerning for them going forward? Well, I mean, last year, again, like the Devils, right? They had no adversity until the very end of the season when they got a couple of injuries right at the last week of the year, right? Um, so this is a hard league. You don't expect teams to uh, to roll through the season without adversity. We thought coming into the year, the Bruins are missing Bergeron. They're missing Krejci. Those guys are out of the mix. You lost your first two centers. They've managed everything well. It was shocking how well they were playing. And, you know, now they've, they've hit a little bit of a, of a struggle and every game is tight, and uh, that's the league that we play in. So, I mean, the only thing I would say about the Bruins is at the end of the day, they're still strong in goal. They still have a great culture there. They have a great system. They're well coached. They have guys that have produced in big moments in the past. And so it's a struggle right now. They're going to be a playoff team. We'll see who they match up against. I mean, wouldn't it be something if for somehow they ended up with Florida in the first round again, although it seems like that will be unlikely. But, um, you know, they could end up with Toronto. I guess there's a number of different possibilities right now. But, you know, the Bruins, I don't see them as a team that can go all the way through and win the Stanley Cup. But they're not a team that you want to play in the post in the postseason. I, I think that, you know, they got the worst possible draw last year, as we saw with Florida. I still, you know, again, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. I still think Florida, to me, is the best team in the East. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Just means I think they're the best team in the East. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. But uh, good win coming up next week. Florida and the Rangers play, I think, it's next Monday. Um, so, you know, I think for the Boston Bruins, uh, you know, it's a struggle right now. They're going to find their way out of it. We'll see how healthy they can be and how well they're playing, And you know, as we get towards the playoffs in the in mid-April. Now I'll ask you the same question out west about Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, listen again. You don't go through the season. Vancouver's been on a has been on a great run. When I look at their team, they got a strong team. I mean, they got a good goalie. They got, you know, a, a guy in Quinn Hughes who may end up winning the Norris Trophy this year. They've added some some quality veterans on defense to their group to give them some size and some length to make them a little harder to play against. That was a problem in the past. I mean, 
you go back to Bruce Boudreaux's time there, they, they had Quinn Hughes and then they had, you know, who? I mean, it was, you know, Luke Shen was playing as a first pair guy and, and really doing as good a job as you could ask. But, I mean, that was it on defense for the Vancouver Canucks. A bunch of those guys are out of the league right now that were on that group of defensemen. So they're way better on defense. Demko is healthy and he's, he's a solid goaltender. And then up front, they're getting a lot of production from the, their top guys, right? I mean, Besser had an overtime game winner, I think it was yesterday, the day before. And, uh, you know, Patterson and Miller are still high-end guys. They've added some depth to their group. They had a third line that was playing well with Garland and, and Joshua and Bluger. They've had some injuries to kind of some of their, their group for the first time this year. And I think that's kind of thrown them off a little bit. But, uh, you know, it would, would certainly benefit them to finish first in the Pacific and have, you know, and avoid playing Vegas or Edmonton if the cards fall that way in the first round. But, uh, you know, I think they'll have a challenge no matter who they play. This is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. And so it gets harder. And it's getting harder right now as we ratchet up, you know, in these final 20 or so games of the season. So it's a little bit of a challenge right now. They've had a few injuries, but I still think the Vancouver Canucks, they'll be a hard team to deal with because of all the things I just said. They have a lot of the nice pieces in place, and if they can stay relatively healthy, I think they'll be a hard out. A team that is uh, on a streak right now in the West is the Nashville Predators. They've won five straight. I know UC Soros' name has been kicked around a little bit in trade talks, and any team that needs a goalie would, of course, love to have somebody like him. But they're currently eighth in the West. They're four points ahead of St. Louis, although St. Louis has two games in hand. Um, EJ, do you see this team, if they stick around and, and are contending, uh, staying pat and not trading away pieces to try and improve for the future? Or does Barry Trotz look at this more as a two- to three-year build to get to a cup contender again? Well, you know, a couple of things. First of all, you know, remember, Nashville had that whole circumstances in their group where they were playing poorly at home. They lost to Dallas like 9-2, to two, and they were supposed to go on this trip to Vegas, and part of the the trip to play the Vegas Golden Knights was to go in early and to play around the golf and then to go see U2 at the uh, Sphere. And uh, management decided, you know what, we're not playing well enough for these kind of perks. And so they shut that down. They did go to Vegas, and they beat the Vegas Golden Knights. So they've been on a nice run. They've won five in a row now, and they've pushed their way back up. So that was kind of a wake-up call, I think, for everybody. As far as what they're going to do, um, I think that the Soros thing is really interesting because they have the kid uh, Askarov playing in the minors that was a first-round draft pick, and he's playing for Milwaukee, and Milwaukee has played really good in the minors this year. And I don't think that his development is not something we can't, we can't figure into this, right? Because it's a big goalie they drafted in the first round. Maybe he's going to be their goalie, you know, moving fu- of the future. Now, is it this year? Come down the stretch if they decide to move Soros? Is it next year if they do it in the offseason? Um, but Soros is coming up to the end of his contract. I think he has one more year left after this. Yes. And so that's going to be a big decision. And I will say this for Barry Trotz. He is not shying away from big decisions. I mean, he bought out a player. He sold, He traded another player at half price. He's brought in some different pieces to, to kind of have a different look on this team. I think Soros is a piece that could get him some significant assets. So I would not rule out them moving Soros, but the main reason I feel that way is because they have someone in their system that they drafted with a first-round pick, and that's Carl, who's playing really well and developing, and they might feel they're, they're comfortable moving forward with someone like him and maybe another 
veteran, they have Lankin in there, maybe that kind of duo they could feel comfortable if they could get significant assets in return for Soros, mm. which I think they have a chance to do. Well, EJ, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. And what do you got right. this weekend? Anything? Uh, I got two games coming up. Uh, we got Saturday and Sunday. I got Saturday. I got uh, we got a good one: the Jets and the Hurricanes. Then Sunday we nice. got the Coyotes and the Capitals. Not as nice. So uh, a couple of games to do. That'll be fun. Just got back from Michigan State. Saw some good players. I was some college hockey and college basketball out there. Took my son out there. So that was a fun weekend. And now back to the grind. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you so much. All right, you got it, guys. All right, that's EJ Raddick. You can catch him on the NHL Network, and he's doing those uh, showcase games on the weekends. Got a couple of, uh, well, one good one. The other one still involved Alexander Ovechkin, so it's not too bad with the Coyotes and the Capitals. Uh, We've got games tonight of importance. Obviously, Islanders and the Stars in Dallas. As you you brought up a good point, you know, the Devils got to go out west. Islanders still have... You know, this trip, they've got to go to Vegas. They've got Arizona, too. So Islanders and Devils in a whole heap of trouble. We'll see what the Islanders can do tonight. Uh, Oilers and the Kings, that should be a good one. Battle for third place in the Pacific Division. Bruins and the Kraken. Remember, these two teams played in Boston last week, Anthony. And the uh, Kraken beat them 4-1. to Sure did. So um, I think you might be able to get some decent money on a bet that maybe Boston will bounce back. Minus 142, I'm looking at. It's not, you know, not terrible considering that they're on the road. Mm-hmm. Thought maybe it'd be a little bit better. And in seven o'clock, the Capitals and the Senators, the Battle of Capitals, Canada. Ah, I see what you did. All right, so we'll do this again on Wednesday, man. Should be a lot of fun. We'll yes. get everybody involved with that at Don LaGreca, at Anthony Pusick, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again coming up on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.